Sister Bianca, he's the way out. Come on, somebody, give him some praise. Praise your way out. Come out of that tomb. a secret the Holy Ghost can move on Father's Day he don't care about the calendar and he ain't worried about lunch the Holy Ghost can move on Father's Day well I come here to praise my father I come here to give my father some glory I come here to dance in my father's presence the Holy Ghost can move on Father's Day. He can heal you on Father's Day. He can deliver you on Father's Day. Hey, you can dance and shout on Father's Day. Woo, come on, somebody. Crank it up one more time. Woo, he'll do it. Come on, somebody. That's it, Stephen. Come on, brother. Dance out of that tomb, brother. Come on.
Give him a hand and a shout of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Just turn around and high-five anybody and say, Happy Father's Day. This is the day the Lord has made. Every day is the day the Lord has made. He's my father, so happy Father's Day. To every man, woman, and child that will praise him, happy Father's Day. We're always trying to give gifts on Father's Day, but the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from him, the Father of lights. I'm thankful that the Father loadeth me daily with benefits, that his mercies new every morning, that his compassions fail not. I'm thankful for the mercy of the Lord. Woo. Praise God. Could we lift our hands and just thank him one more time? Just love him one more time. Aren't you thankful for the Lord? Hallelujah. Oh, where would we be without him? Where would we be without him? Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Oh, we bless you, God, in this house. We praise you in this house. Thank you, God. Let me tell you, I'm all about, you know, giving honor where it's due and, and taking time to recognize our fathers. But this is church, you know. And so we need to, you know, there's sometimes there's a greater need. And we need to make sure that we're, no matter what kind of service it is, that we are worshiping the Lord and giving everything to God. One verse of scripture I'm going to preach to our men today. Since I preached to our ladies on Mother's Day, I'm going to preach to our men. In 1 Samuel 17 and 10, I don't know that anybody just all, just has ever gone to. I have never just gone to a place where I would quote an enemy of the Lord, but that's what we're going to do today, and you'll see why. 1 Samuel 17 and 10, And the Philistine, Goliath, said, I defy the army of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. I want to preach for you a little bit, guys. I want you to listen up, men. The measure of a man. The measure of a man. Let's, let's pray for the word of God and pray for the lesson. Jesus, we love you and thank you for your presence. And, Father, we give you honor most of all. And now, Lord, fill my mouth with words for your people. Let our hearts be ready to receive it. And let us be changed and be better. Let us learn and grow. And most of all, be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated. Give him a shout. Hallelujah. The measure of a man. Thank you to our choir and our music today for what they've done. Appreciate them so much. Yeah, give them a hand. They're, they're, give them a hand. So the Philistine says, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. You know, guys, I know that maybe we lose sight sometimes of how important God 
deemed us to be in the process of life because the first human ever created was a man. God created man in his image. Before he saw that it wasn't good for him to be alone, it was just Adam. And he spoke to Adam, and he instructed Adam, and he gave things for Adam to do. Adam had fellowship with God. He had purpose to dress and keep the garden, and he had dominion in the world. Most of all, he was created in the image of God. God breathed into him, and he became a living soul. If I could say anything, learning a lesson from Adam and what happened, this first man, this man created in God's image, this man who walked with God and talked with him in the cool of the day and, and just enjoyed, you know, no walls, just fellowship with God. Be who God created you to be. Be a man of God. Now, I know we say, hey, be a man. You know, we, we, when we want somebody to toughen up, hey, y'all, come on, man, be a man. When, you know, you see a guy start crying, ah, be a man. Cut it out. When we want them to uh, be responsible for something, you need to man up. You need to be a man. We, we, we use that and, and hey, you know, uh, when we get it done, be a man, get it done. Be a man. Like a man's got all these answers and a man can do all these things. But I think we need to be a little more thorough in our description of this statement. And I think that uh, just throwing it around as an incentive to not cry or be tough or walk it off is, uh, is probably hurt more people than it's helped. Yeah. Yeah. I think that instead of just saying be a man... We need to say, be a man of God. (laughs) Be who God intended you to be. Hey, it's a long ways from Adam, but God has still got the same plan for man. (laughs) To have fellowship with him, to be in his image, to have dominion, and to have purpose in this world. Don't just be a man, be a man of God. That's, that's more than gender. You know, that, that's no matter what the world says, gender is determined by God, not us. <laughs> that, okay, that, that, this message is not about that, but that's, a, that's a, another day and another time and a truth nonetheless. The world don't decide uh, if you're a man or not. How you're born, when you come out, when the doctor takes a good peek at you, he's going to say, it's a boy or it's a girl. That's it. God determined that. It don't matter what box you check. (laughs) God, be a man of God. We got too many self-made men, too many men that are after their own glory, too too many men that are after their own purpose, and not enough men that are chasing God. Let me tell you, in the scripture, you'll read about it. There's not going to be a move of God without a man of God. Mm -hmm. There's going to be somebody stand up and say, uh, they are not drunk as ye suppose. (laughs) Ain't going to be a move of God without a man of God. Yeah, come on, somebody. 
Somebody needs to stand up and, and say, I'm going to be a man of God. Because there's an enemy out there today. And we need men of God to answer the cry to meet the challenge. Now, Goliath, he screams out, give me a man. He wants everybody to hear it. He's challenging everybody. Give me a man. And here comes a boy. Give me a man. And here comes a ruddy, pretty little lad. Bob said he was beautiful now. So I don't know what all was going on, how David looked. I don't know. I, I can't wait to see him. We'll see if, he's, if he was all that. But it said it was. So man, he was a good-looking dude. Young. Yeah, we was all good-looking when we was younger. Give me a man to fight and here comes a boy no shield no sword no armor no armor bearer all by himself with a sling and a bag full of rocks and you think it's a boy but that's not the measure of a man before David ever set foot on that battlefield God had put it in the heart of the prophet Samuel to make a declaration about David. In 1 Samuel 13 and 14, it says that the Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart and has commanded him to be captain over his people. He was telling Saul, God's got something in the works, but the Lord knew he was just a boy. But he called him a man after his own heart. Because the measure of a man is different to the Lord. Now, Goliath saw a boy. Saul called him a boy, a youth. His brothers knew who he was, said, that's just a boy. Everybody saw a boy. But Samuel had learned a lesson from God when he went to anoint David king. He didn't know who he was going to anoint in when the first oldest brother stood up, he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord told him in 1 Samuel 16 and 7, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For a man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. The measure of a man is not his age, And it's not his stature. And it's not his skill in the army. The measure of the man that God's looking at is the faith he has in his name. The faith that he has in his heart. And everybody said, I see a boy. But the Lord said, I see a man after my own heart. Let me tell you about something today. We need some men of God today. They're worried about their height or their stature or their skill or their education. But somebody that will stand up for the name of the Lord. Somebody that will fight the enemy. Somebody that will say, hey, I'm going to walk in God's image. I'm going to be who God called me to be. I'm going to be a man of God. I know that people today, they they think the measure of a man is how he treats people, how he treats, you know, a lot of times we'll say it's how he treats women. Uh, He needs to be a gentleman, and, and that's good. All that stuff's good. I'm not against any of that. If he's a man after God's own heart, all that'll come on in there. 
That'll just come naturally. Where men are stumbling, where men are failing, and where men are coming up short and missing the mark is that they're trying to be self-made men. But God made man in his image. We don't need any more self-made men. No more uh, people doing it their own way. There is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is the way of death. What we need is somebody walking in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. What we need somebody walking in the Word. We need somebody being a man after God's own heart. So the Lord told Samuel. And so David goes to the battlefield. And, and yeah, sure, his age, he's a boy. He's a youth. But in his heart, he was a man of God. In his heart, he knew that spear and shield and sword don't matter. I'm going to tell you what matters, Goliath. That you have defied the God of the armies of Israel. And this day, the whole earth is going to know that there is a God in Israel. We need somebody to be a man after God's own heart. The disciples, even in Jesus' day, the disciples asked Jesus in Matthew 18, they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And I'm sure that they began to look around and probably posturing a little bit because, you know, well, I know I got keys to the kingdom. I don't know about y'all. And, and uh well, I know that I'm the disciple that the Lord loveth. So, I mean, you know, I mean, maybe they're looking around and thinking back and maybe they're remembering people like David and Moses and different things. They're trying to get an answer here. But uh, when he does that, the Lord takes a child and sets this child and everybody's looking at this boy, this kid. It might have been a little girl for all I know. It was a child. And he said, except you become as this child. Wait a second now, I'm, I'm way past that age, Lord. Yeah, but except you become like this little child and humble yourself, you're not going to make it in. You've got to have faith like this child. He's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's not the stature or the age or the gender. It's not the education. It's not how many books you read. It's not how eloquent you are. It's none of those things. That's not the measure of a man. The measure of a man is where is your heart with God? With the natural eye, everybody sees a boy. When you read the story, you see a boy. But then we transform our way of thinking because we see David, this boy, running out to meet the enemy. He was referred to a man after God's own heart before he ever stepped on that field. The measure of a man is where is your heart with God? This man, David, no matter his age, he was a fighter. And a fighter has got to have heart. There's been many a fight won, not because of superior strength, because somebody said, I can endure. I know it's a movie, but you, if you've ever seen Rocky, he was just a, a, a street fighter, nobody, no name, no class. His manager said, you're a bum. 
And guess what? He's going to fight the heavyweight champion of the world. He wasn't stronger. He didn't have more skill. But he got up round after round because it was in his heart. And that ain't just in a movie. That happens in natural things. It's not their size. We got heroes in the world today. What about Audie Murphy? Look in your history books and just a little guy, little guy, but a great war hero heart. And let me tell you, I don't know how you feel about yourself, guy, but you be a man after God's own heart and you'll slay the biggest enemy. You'll slay the giants. Uh, you'll chase the enemy. You'll send them the flight. You'll put them out of the way. You'll, you'll have victory every time if you'll just be a man after God's heart. He fought. We need men today that will fight for the name of the Lord. We need men today that will fight for their families. This is things David was fighting for. It was his brothers and his, his family because Goliath said, if we win, if we win, if I win, then Israel serves us. But he also knew, David knew, if I win, my father's house is going to go free. So he wasn't just fighting for himself. He was fighting for the Lord, fighting for his family, and he was fighting for people he didn't even know that was in that army. Because he said, these are people I don't want to see enslaved by the enemy. We need somebody that's going to be that kind of man that'll pray for those that they don't even know. That'll reach out to somebody they've never met before. But be, be a man of God. The measure of a man is where is your heart when it comes to God. We invest our hearts in so many things. But where is our heart when it comes to God? The greatest role. Let me tell you, being a dad's great. But there's roles inside that role. And the greatest role that you will ever fulfill as a dad is not as a coach, a driving instructor, a hunting or fishing buddy, a golf buddy. The greatest role that you will ever fulfill as a dad is be a man of God. That you would train up your child in the way that he should go so when he's old, he will not depart from it. Oh, teach him all those fun things. That's all right. Teach him how to throw a ball. Teach him how to ride a bike. Nothing against it. Teach him how to shoot a gun. That's great. But teach him how to pray. Teach him how to worship. Teach him how to seek the face of the Lord. Yeah, teach him how to witness. Teach him how to give a Bible study. Teach him how to let their light shine. Because if you'll teach them how to follow the word of God, they'll become men of God. And this world needs a saturation of men of God. There's enough ungodly men in the world. We need some godly men in the world. And I'm not just talking about people that go to church. I'm talking about people after God's own heart. Where? Are the men of God today? Ezekiel 22 and 30, the Lord posed a question through the prophet when he was talking about Israel's disobedience and the sin that they committed. And he said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. And this is the saddest line I've ever read. But I found none. 
God was looking for somebody that would humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways so that he could heal their land. He said, but I found nobody. Nobody's praying. Nobody's worshiping. Nobody's fasting. Nobody's seeking. Nobody's walking after me. Nobody's inquiring after me. I couldn't find anybody. There's been a, a divide set between me and the land and between me and my people. And I got nobody to stand in the gap. Where are the men of God? Maybe God remembered Moses and how Moses stood between Israel and their destruction. When Israel was, or Moses was reminding Israel about their rebellion in Deuteronomy 9 and 18, he said, And I fell down before the Lord as at the first 40 days and 40 nights. I did neither eat bread nor drink water because of all your sin which you sinned in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against you to destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him. And I prayed for Aaron also the same time. Maybe God's remembering there was a man that would stand in the gap. Israel would have been wiped out. The Lord told, or Moses told the Lord, he said, Forgive their sins, and if you won't forgive their sins, then blot my name out also. If you're not going to forgive your people, then take me with them because I feel that weight and that responsibility. And, and what I want to say today is where are the men today, the men of God that will stand in the gap? Hey, don't get me wrong now. I'm thankful for our, our women, and I'm thankful for our praying women. But women should not have to fill our role. Oh, come on. Happy Father's Day. God created man first. And God gave purpose and dominion to man first. He said it ain't good that he's alone. And he took a woman out of his side, rib out of his side, and made a woman, gave him a helpmeet. And I'm thankful to God every day for mine. But my wife should not have to do what I ought to be doing. Hello, fellas. Let me ring your bell for just a minute. Don't lay the spiritual responsibility of your household on your wife. Well, come on. That ain't the way God intended it. He said the man is the head of the house of the wife of that, that institution, just like Christ is the head of the church. So don't be trying to reap the benefits of being a man if you ain't fulfilling the role of a man. The measure of a man is not how much money he makes. It's not the house that he provides. It's not the vehicles that he provides. The measure of a man is where is his heart with God. And if I could do anything on Father's Day, it would be that I could inspire some men to wake up and realize there'll never be a move of God in my household or in my life if I don't get a heart after God. 
You're going to be praying and you're going to be frustrated until you get your heart in a place where you're after God. Oh, I liked it better when you was talking about coming out of that tomb. Don't you want to go back to that? No, I don't. I don't want to preach this. Because I tell you who I'm preaching to right here. I'm preaching right to me. Hey, listen, it ain't enough to to carry a, a card. And it ain't enough to just have the title. I've got to be a man after God's heart. This church won't win any battles. This church won't win any souls if the pastor ain't got his heart right. There ain't going to be nobody getting changed and no, there ain't going to be no victories if the pastor's out of order and the pastor's not right. He, he can't just uh, sit behind a desk and say, hey, listen to me. He's got to be a man after God's heart. I told you, I take what I do seriously, so I'm preaching to myself too, guys. I'm telling you, uh, give me a man that we can fight together. I'm not talking about fight each other. I want somebody to fight with me. I want somebody to join me in the good fight of faith. I want somebody to join me in earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. I want somebody to magnify the Lord with me. And let's exalt his name together because I know two are better than one. I want somebody with me. We need men today, men of God that'll stand in the gap. Because let me tell you, there's a gap. And the enemy's trying to widen that gap every day. Hey, dad. Hey, husband. That enemy's trying to drive a wedge. He's trying to make a gap. Yeah, not just between you and your kids and you and your spouse, but between you and God. And if we could just get some men that would stand in the gap. Guys, have we forgotten that we have powerful prayers too? It ain't just about praying grandmamas. There ought to be some praying granddaddies. Hey, I'm thankful for praying grandmamas, and I'm thankful for praying wives, but there ought to be some praying daddies and some praying granddaddies, and there ought to be some men of God having prayer meeting. There ought to be some men of God excited about the Lord. I'm not preaching nothing new. I'm just preaching something that ain't been heard in a while. When John was writing, he said, I'm not writing no new commandment. He said, you've heard this already about loving each other. I'm not, I'm just, I'm, Peter said, I'm going to stir your mind up. I'm going to remind you. I'm going to stir, and I'm stirring us up today, guys. I'm trying to get us back into that idea that the Bible says God reconciled everybody. He's reconciling the world unto himself. He's getting us back in divine favor with him. When Adam was in the garden before that fall, he was perfect with God. And he had that dominion and he had that authority and he had that power and he had that purpose. But down the line and through the ages, we've lost sight of how important it is not to go to church, not to read our Bibles, not to give in our offerings, but for our heart to be where it needs to be with God. David wasn't worried that he smelled like sheep when he walked on the battlefield. He wasn't intimidated because his weapons didn't shine in the sun. 
He wasn't worried that uh, it was just a brown leather sling and, and a bag full of rocks. It didn't intimidate him, embarrass him, because he knew what I've got. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And I might just look like a little boy. And uh, hey, I am pretty young. But there's a God on my side. And he's delivered lions and bears to me, and he's going to deliver you today. I had glasses. I can't see. I wish I had the eyes of a boy today. Uh, when there is no man, things go undone. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm not much longer. In John 5 and 7, Jesus finds a man at the pool of Bethesda. Says, will you be made whole? And the man answers, sir, I have no man. When the water's troubled to put me in the pool, I've got nobody to help me. I don't, I don't have a man. When there is no man, miracles go undone. When there is no man, people lie and watch day after day while miracles pass them by. But oh, when there's a man, and Jesus went right in the middle of that crowd to show us he's the man. That I'll find somebody in the middle of a crowd that needs something. And I've got the authority to tell them, take up your bed and walk. Let me tell you guys, we've got the same power and anointing. He said, you'll do the things I do and greater things shall you do. Be a man after God's own heart. Don't be no man. If you're going to be the man, be the man of God. In Luke 10 and 33... Jesus told a parable trying to let people know who their neighbor was. And a man was attacked by thieves and left half dead on the side of the road. And it says that a Levite came by and passed him by. And a priest came by and passed him by. People that ought to have been helping that are supposed to be men of God walked on by. But then this Samaritan comes by. And the Jews and Samaritans are not supposed to have any dealings together. But this Samaritan... He took his oil and he took his wine and he took his bandages. He wrapped him up, took care of him, set him on his beast, took him to an inn, paid money and said, hey, and I'll even guarantee you if he spends this and he owes something else, I'll pay it when I get back. I know I'm not the one that everybody would think should do this, but I, he don't even know it. He's a man after God's heart. Mercy and compassion on people that I should never, oh, we don't ever look and say, well, I can't deal with you. You're not like me. I can't talk to you. I can't fellowship with you. I can't speak to you. I can't pray for you. Let's be men. So when there's a, a faithful man in the mix, people are going to get better. There was another place where in Mark 2, There was a man who, he was sick and he was infirm and he was paralyzed. He's on his bed. He can't get up and he can't get to Jesus. It says, and they come to him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they broke it, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick, son, thy sins be forgiven. Four men made up the gap. This guy can't get to Jesus. He can't get to his healing. But there's four guys that had faith and said, you know what? I'll, I'll take a day off. I'll leave my family for a while. We'll do whatever it takes. I'm going to get this guy to Jesus. I can't take him by myself. So he got somebody. He said, hey, I need somebody 
uh, to come so we can fight together. Let's fight the crowd. Let's get on the roof. Let's make a hole. They made a gap, and then they filled in the gap. <laughs> and they got this man to Jesus. Where are the men that are ready to tear off the roof? Where are the men that are ready to carry their brother and carry somebody and say, hey, I won't leave you stranded, but I'm going to make up the gap, and I'm going to make up the hedge, and I'm going to make sure that I help you get to Jesus. Let's stop. You know, I know sometimes, in, and maybe it's in all branches, I don't know, but I know in the military there's a lot of times if they go into battle, they say, we don't leave nobody behind. No man left behind. And they'll go back in peril of their own life to retrieve, not, maybe not even a survivor, but the body of one of their fallen soldiers because I'm not leaving them. I'm not, there's no way. And they, and they may lose their life trying to rescue somebody who has already lost theirs. But they do it because that's what's in their heart. Let me tell you something. What, if we could get our heart in line with God. We're going to start defeating giants. We're going to inspire. When David uh, took that giant down, the whole army of Israel got inspired and took off running down the hill and started chasing off the enemy. You don't know who you might inspire if you could just get your heart right with God. Get it in a place where you know God's going to come through. Let's be men of God. Don't, don't, just, don't just wear the uniform. Come on. Let it be in here. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's easy to put on a suit, but what's in your heart? It's easy to pick up a microphone, but what's in your heart? Now, I'm getting ready to end, honey, if you want to come on. If David took Goliath's own sword, because it said when David came out, said there was no sword in his hand. But somehow Goliath's head came off. David took Goliath's own sword and took his head off. If David can do that with Goliath's sword, I can do that with Goliath's words. Give me a man. Give me a man that we can fight together. Every single pastor in every church everywhere should be crying that across his pulpit. Give me a man after God's own heart so we can fight together. Give me a man so that we can stand for God in the truth of his word. Give me a man so we can have strong fathers and strong husbands which result in strong families, which result in a strong church. Give me a man so we can have praying men of God, mentors and teachers and helps and ministries in the church. Give me a man so we can fight together. Because I can't fight all of it by myself. I can't make it all work by myself. I can't be responsible for all of it by myself. So give me a man. Give me a man. So we can fight together. Give me a man. I wonder who would just stand up right now and say, I'll fight with you, Pastor. Give me a man so we can fight together. This is your pastor talking. Give me a man so we can fight together. Because I can't do it by myself. Moses couldn't do it by himself. And they had to come and sit and hold his arms up so, the, so that the army could prevail. And, you know, he was just a man and he got tired and he got weary. And he needed somebody to help hold up his hands. 
But what if nobody had been there that day? What if they'd said, man, that's silly. I'm not going to go hold his hands up. I, you know, uh, we'll, we'll win. It's all right. We'll win. We've been fighting a long time. We'll win. But it was determined. And that battle was won because of men that came and held up the hands. I need you, guys. Your families need you. Your wives, your husband, and if you're not married yet, all that. But there's young. You're, you're an example. You're a mentor. You somebody's watching you, guy, and they don't want to just see you be a tough guy. Oh man, they want to see you be a man of God. Let them see you pray. Let them see you worship. Let them know that you read your Bible and that you fast and you give and 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 you're kind and, and hey yeah guess what guy kind and tender hearted forgiving showing mercy having compassion loving people yeah all those ain't, ain't just for women and ain't just for mushy romantic stuff that's what's in the heart of a man of God and he wins the battle every time because it's not the the measure of a man is not his stature it's not his length of service. It's not his background. Where's his heart? And if his heart's after God, then the smallest of them all. I venture to say that David was the smallest human out of both armies that day. Because they just didn't send kids to war. But he was the biggest in the eyes of God. Because the measure of a man, God says, I don't see like guys, like men see it. I see it the way I see it. I see what's going on in their heart. Let's make up the gap, guys. I wish right now that uh, I could just get the men to come to the front and line up just facing me, but line up across this front right here. Just for a moment. And then if the rest of you would stand, that are the ladies, if you're there and you would stand. Guys, line up side by side now. Don't, don't be all staggered. Line up side by side. Don't bunch up. Stretch out if you have to, but make a, make a straight line. Don't, don't hold nobody's hand or nothing yet. You know, right now, there's a gap between every one of you. And anything can come through. But the Lord said, I'm looking for men that will make up the gap. Might just start taking hands. Start holding hands across here, guys. Come on. Just start grabbing hands. Now, the, there's a connection. The, the gap's full. I know we count on our ladies for a lot, guys. And I'm thankful for them. But there's power in your prayers. There's anointing in your life. There's authority in your words. And it's time for us as men to, to make up the gap to stand up, to, to make up the hedge, to make up the gap. It's time that we start turning away destruction and turning away the enemy, standing for our families, standing for our homes, for our kids, for our wives. Hey, hey, yeah, call somebody to help you pray. But don't you be afraid to lay hands on your children and pray. Don't you be afraid to lay hands on your spouse and pray. You pray for your coworkers. I will pray for anybody. You call me and ask me, I'll pray for anybody. But I might say, have you prayed yet? Well, sure, yeah, but you're the pastor. What's that mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm the pastor, but does that mean you don't, you can't pray? Now, all you that are standing behind them, I want you to stretch your hands toward these men. And we're going to pray for the, our men right now. 
And I'm praying that God's going to spark a revival in our men, a revival in the hearts of men, not just here but everywhere, that God will start getting men that will stand in and fill up the gap. Precious Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I know, God, that there is anointing in these men. Lord, they're husbands and fathers, they're friends and brothers, there's teachers and ministers in this group, but God, today, stir their hearts, Lord, to be men after your heart. Anoint them, God, and call them to, to be captains and commanders in the army of the Lord. Let them come and fight together. Let them fight not amongst each other, but alongside of each other as we face the enemy. Today, in the name of Jesus, bless every man in this house today. Use them for your glory, God. Lord, we're not hiding in the shadows. We're not taking the back seat. But we're going to proclaim the word of the Lord. We're going to pray. And we're going to fast. And we're going to seek your face. Don't let us just be men. We're that by birth. But let us be men of God. We're that by a new birth. Jesus, by your power. All right, guys, the scripture says, I would that men everywhere lifting up holy hands. Come on, lift your hands up, men. Lift your hands up, guys, and praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I would that men everywhere would pray, lifting up holy hands, lifting up holy hands, lifting up holy hands. Dedicate yourself, guys. Lord, that's what I'm going to be. Whatever you want me to be, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a good example. I'm going to have a good name. Guys, one more time, join hands and lift them to heaven. Let's pray one more time before we're dismissed. Lord, we have heard your word and received it today. And now, God, I ask you to bless us. Lord, as we bind hands together, Lord, that you would knit us together in love, that we may fight together, fight the enemy together, fight against spiritual wickedness in high places together, fight for one another Fight for our families. Fight for our children, for our wives, for our brothers and sisters. Lord, that we would fight for the truth. Lord, bless us and keep us. We're in this together. We are workers together with you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise.
Guys, turn around and high five your high five your brother. Tell him we in this together. Hey guys, you know I love you, don't you? All right. Y'all know I love you, don't you? All right. Don't be like, whoo, Pastor, why you, you you turned us up today? I love you. I want to inspire you. Let me remind you, it was Joshua, the man of the house, that said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Make them decisions, guys. But don't just make them and say, do as I say and not as I do. You be a man after God's own heart. God's going to bless you more than you can ever imagine. God bless you. Thank you for being in church on Father's Day. Have a great day, guys. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We love you.